athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got box to row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, the dopest show on radio. I am your host, Donald Ware. A little bit past seven in the East for Pacific time is always on the program. Not a whole lot of time to get to a whole lot of content. The National Football League draft now is six days away. And our HBCU NFL Chronicle series continues today here on the program. We're going to be joined by former North Carolina A&T cornerback, Mac McCain. Mac McCain going to join us on the program. If you follow HBCU football, you know who Mac McCain is. If you follow A&T, obviously, you know, or the MEAC, you know who Mac McCain is. But Mac McCain is a phenomenal young man. And was is a really really good football player. Like you're gonna, you're that's gonna shine through here. We're gonna ask him a bunch of questions, but he also has an interesting story as well that I'm not gonna give away right now, but that you're gonna want to know about. As a matter of fact, he's linked to one of the most famous uh, incidences, famous happenings, famous events that have ever happened in the history of this country. Okay, he's a descendant of that. So uh, we're going to talk with Mac McCain. Very excited to talk with him today on Box to Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Listen, a whole lot going on. Southern lost its head football coach, Dawson Odoms. That's because on Wednesday he was introduced as the new head football coach at Norfolk State. So Dawson Odoms, also going to join us today here on Box to Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. He had his press conference on Wednesday. He had a lot to say at the press conference. I thought some interesting things to say at the press conference. An interesting move because you go from Southern where he had a lot of success. But, you know, I thought even at Southern where he had success, a SWAC championship in 2013, four SWAC Western Division crowns uh, went six and three against Grambling in the Bayou Classic. Now, a lot of you know Michigan and Ohio State. Well, comparatively speaking, Grambling is and Southern is the the comparison pound for pound, obviously on a smaller level, to that kind of rivalry. And, and there's many other rivalries that are out there that are like that, but then you add the Bayou Classic to that element. I mean, it's absolutely tremendous. Went 6-3 and three against Grambling during his career, so a lot of success. What I found interesting going back a couple of years ago, a lot of the alumni at Southern not necessarily happy with Dawson Odoms per se. I thought that was 
interesting, especially that he had some success, a lot of success, um, as a matter of fact. You can't, you really just can't please everybody. Um, it's just going to be some years that some teams are just going to be better football teams. Two years, Grambling was just a better football team. In 2016, Grambling was HBCU national champion, uh, won the SWAC championship in 2016 and 2017. Just a better football team. 18 and 19, Alcorn State, just a better football program than any of the football programs in the SWAC. It just happens like that. It's the ebbs and flows. So Southern, I guess, alumni weren't happy. A lot of rumblings. Uh, but again, now, Dawson Odoms is the head football coach at Norfolk State, and he's going to join us today on the program. Also today here on Box to Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, David Moore, former offensive lineman or formerly of Grambling, an offensive lineman, uh, had a great Reese's Senior Bowl. You remember a couple of weeks ago we talked with Brian Mills, cornerback, of North Carolina Central, where this kid had an absolutely phenomenal Reese's Senior Bowl as well, to the point that he was named the offensive lineman of his team at the Reese's Senior Bowl. His stock continues to rise. Had a great day in terms of a pro day at Grambling, right? So David Moore, also going to join us today here on Botch to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM and Get his thoughts on the NFL draft coming up again in about six days or so. So uh, we talked about it last week with respect to Eddie George as the head football coach now at Tennessee State. I asked the question at that time, are we seeing this becoming more of a trend? But even more so, what does it mean? What does it now mean for HBCU football coaches? What does it mean for those coaches now uh, to be, uh, to have an opportunity. If you look at it, you don't have a lot of coaches <clears throat> that are HBCU grads or HBCU alums that are on the FBS level. You certainly don't have many. Only one that I can think of off the top of my head. If you know of another, please let me know that's at a Power 5 school that's an HBCU alum or an HBCU grad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, uh, Jerry Mack is the running's backs, running backs coach at Tennessee. Like he's an alum of Jackson State, right? Former head football coach at North Carolina Central. Okay, former offensive coordinator at Rice. He was the last before he became uh, went to Tennessee. He was the offensive coordinator at Rice. And look at his trajectory. Look at the steps. There's a stepping stone method. There's a there, there's, there's certain things you have to do to get to a certain level, and Jerry Mack is doing those things. Well, if you take that away, and I'm not saying, you know, and, and, and this Southern uh, situation is going to be interesting. Who will Southern hire as its new head football coach? Will Southern go the route of hiring a, you know, former NFL great to be its head football coach? Will they go the route? I mean, there's a couple of names out there. You look, you know, you look at a Rod Reed, right, who was at Tennessee State. Uh, his contract was not renewed. Obviously, that's why Eddie George is there now. I mean, I think Rod Reed did a solid job at Tennessee State. And by the way, he has a great record. He's a, he got something like a 26-4 and record against HBCU opponents in his 11 seasons as the head football coach 
at Tennessee State. So, I mean, he's got a track record. OVC's very, very tough. They didn't have a whole lot of success. Some, not a whole lot, but, he, you know, I mean, they weren't fully funded at times, right? So, you know, and especially you're playing in the OBC, Jacksonville State, and the like, right? It's a tough conference. So maybe he, he's out there. Reginald Ruffin, who is the currently the head football coach at Miles, done a tremendous job at Miles, four SIAC championships at Miles. Even before that, he was um he it, well he was an assistant and offensive coordinator. He was he was a coordinator, um, there uh, with uh, Willie Slater at North Alabama, right? <clears throat> when North Alabama was one of the preeminent programs in all of Division II. So he's got the coaching experience. He's got the winning pedigree. And so there's some names that are out there that, um, you know, we should be looking out for. Will Southern, I mean, Norfolk State went there. Matter of fact, Norfolk State, we'll find out. Norfolk State contacted Dawson Odoms. If Dawson Odoms contacted Norfolk State, but either way, Norfolk State went with Dawson Odoms. So we're seeing at least not all the schools have that perspective, but I'm really interested to see because that's the only opening right now uh, in HBCU football is that Southern job. So which way will Southern go? Southern's got a tremendous fan base. That fan base is going to want a winner. Um, It's going to want someone to do more (laughs) than what Dawson Odoms has done. I mean, Jackson uh, is between Jackson state and Southern Southern travels tremendously well on the road. I mean, they're a tremendous fan base, right? So who do they go with? So it's going to be interesting to see. But again, the question I ask, and I, listen, each school has to do what each school needs to do for its program. I'm not mad at that. If you want to go the route of hiring someone that uh, that has a big name, do that. I mean, that's going to, you know, it's going to bring in some revenue, generate some interest. Alumni are going to give a little bit more to the athletics program, more specifically to football, I'm all for I'm all for that. There's nothing wrong with that. All I'm asking is what ultimately happens to HBCU coaches with limited opportunities already, and then you take away the HBCU route. So it's an interesting uh, conversation and uh, one we may try to have a little bit later on in the program, but I'm just telling you, we're jam-packed. Like, we're jam-packed today here on... Box to row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Again, still to come, former Southern head football coach. Now the new head football coach at Norfolk State is Dawson Odoms. His first national interview. Going to join us today on the program. Mac McCain, formerly of North Carolina A&T cornerback. The NFL draft is Six days away, Mac McCain going to join us as well as David Moore, offensive lineman, formerly of Grambling. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Box to Row here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. We've got a big show lined up for you. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. 
Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at The Tax Doctor and learn more. 800-659-7980 That's 800-659-7980 Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Clock is, is at 43. It's going to move with the reset of the chain. It's now at 42 seconds. Clue out of the gun. Ball is at the 32 of A&T. Clue has it. Looks. Fires right side. Has it. Is intercepted. Down the left sideline. He is going to walk it in. Pick six. Touchdown. A&T. And the ball game is over. McCain on the interception. Mac McCain. That was yours truly on the Aggie Sports Radio Network. That was one of four pick sixes that my next guest had during his career. As a matter of fact, that was against UNC Charlotte uh, going back to the 2017 season. It sealed the deal for a and who beat Charlotte, who, by the way, was an FBS opponent. And this young man uh, is uh, really uh, one of the, the preeminent players in FCS football over the last three years, declared for the National Football League draft back in January, a prolific career at North Carolina A&T, an All-American. He is Mac McCain, joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. What's going on, Mac? What's up? How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. What, what's going on with you, man? I mean, you, 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 you know, your star is on the rise. You declare. I mean, we don't really see in the HBCU world, and then even to, to, a, to a, a degree in the small college uh, world where players declare, and I realize this is a little bit different because we had COVID, the 2020 season was wiped out. What ultimately made you declare for the National Football League draft back in January? Oh, you know, I, I, um, my last season had got canceled due to uh, COVID and um. Really, a lot of lot of stuff was up in the air uh, about next year, you know, because you never know when, when how long COVID's going to be here or um, what could happen, like games could get canceled and stuff like that. So that played a part. And also, really, I just um, I felt like I was ready. You know, I, I felt 100% healthy, and um, I felt like I might as well take the shot while, uh, while I got the chance, you know. And when I'm 100% healthy, I know I could play, play with anybody. So that really uh, – help me make my decision. Yeah, take us through the the sort of the process of the decision making family coach Washington, of course Sam Washington is the head football coach at A&T, who by the way, as you know, but as our listeners may not know, was a pretty <laughs> doggone good cornerback when he played in the National Football League back in the day. But take us through the process of how, you know, you and and others came up to make this decision. Um, it was a stressful process, you know. It um it ran through my mind like almost every day. You know, I um I was going back and forth on should I stay or, or should I go, but um really I just talked to my family and um, uh I talked to to a lot of other players that played A and T and I just came to a conclusion that that would be the best thing for me to um to go ahead and declare declare for the draft. Yeah, 
What are some of those? I mean, there's a lot of a. I mean, it's so many. It's a lot of a and players in the league right now. I mean, obviously Tariq Cohen. You've got Brandon Parker. I mean, it's it's several players. A matter of fact, uh, it's just several players. Talk, who 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 exactly did you speak with, and who was sort of maybe the most influential uh, on you in terms of the decision that you made? Oh, I had talked to to Daryl Johnson. I talked to Tariq, and um. I talked to Tony McCray. Um, I really actually talked to Tony McCray probably the most. Uh, he he really uh, helped me uh, seeing seeing both sides of, of the situation, how things go, and um, really he just he just always been like that big brother to me. Um, ever since I got to, even when I got to A&T, even though we didn't play at the same time, but he always uh, has been there for me. So um, I talked to him a lot. And yeah, just my family. So really, that all all that came 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 together and made me come to my conclusion. Mac McCain, uh, now formerly of North Carolina A and T, looking to hear his name called in the National Football League draft next week. Joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Uh, let, let me take you back. You mentioned you're healthy, right? So let's go back to uh-huh. that 2018 season. That was tough. You know, came down with the with a, a season ending injury. Sort of speak to that and how you were able to bounce back uh, from that. Because when you come back from an injury like that, I mean, it, it you know, it, it, it's there's no guarantees there. Yeah, you know, um, hearing about the ACL injury before I had torn my ACL injury, you never know like how how rough it is to to get back. You know, it's it's a mental and physical part about um, coming back from an ACL injury. And really, um, it takes time, you know. It just takes time. It's not just like any other injury. It just takes time. You have to put in a lot of extra work just to get back get back on your feet. Because a long time ago, you know, an ACL injury would be career injury. Uh, I mean, a, a career-ending injury. So, really, it's just um, – it taught me a lot through the process. And uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy it happened to me. You know, I don't regret anything and – uh, it made me a better pl- person and a better, uh, better player. Yeah. So for, in 2019, so you missed you missed some, uh, you know, a couple of games to start the season. How did you know you were ready to to go on that knee? Well, oh uh, yeah, in the 2019, I missed I missed the first four games, and um, when I came back. I didn't know if I – I thought I was 100%, but I, I wasn't 100%. I probably played that 2019 season probably 75, 75%. So, really, I thought when I first came back, I thought, like, this is how my knee is going to be, and I'm going to have to just play according to how I got injured. So, really, I thought I was at 100%, but I wasn't. I was playing at 75%, but now as time had went by, I feel 100% now. So, now I know that I'm fully recovered. So, um, I really, I, yeah, I, did, I, I was playing at 75% the last season I played. Wow. Wow. So, and then, of course, we're getting ready to, to come upon 2020. COVID hits. Everything is up in the air. You may play. You may not play. You don't know. Ultimately, you don't play. How, how what was your feeling at that time when you knew that you were not going to play in the fall of 2020? Um, it was it was heartbreaking for real because um, I wanted to play that last season to solidify a lot of things, and um, also I wanted to I wanted to leave with the guys that I I came in with, 
you know, um, a lot of the teammates that I came in with, we we all like brothers. So really going out and playing with them is the best part. Just being all of us being together is the best part. Right. Um, I really wanted to play that last season with those guys. Yeah, 2017 was your first season. And, uh, you know, speak to that. Like, people, you know, guys don't generally come in and have sort of the impact uh, that you had. I believe that season was, what was it, three? I think it was three pick sixes that season. I mean, you know, guys don't normally, that doesn't normally uh, happen. And, uh, you know, just sort of talk about that and coming in and, being able to come in and play right away but of course that 2016 season was a red shirt for you so you may have you know learned a, learned a thing or two coming into that 2017 season oh uh, yeah coming into that season really um i was i was really i was ready to play you know um i'm i'm real capable i'm real um i know about my capabilities on what i can do in the game and i knew i had a i had game changer capability and i worked really hard too so all that just just came into place, and I, I got the opportunity, and I made the best of my opportunity as soon as I touched the field. 2018, and I mentioned, I you know, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I know the program very well, and, and a lot of people don't, but I'm telling you that that pick six, six against ECU saved the game, a hundred yards back the other way. I mean, what were you, you know, take us through that. And I mean, they almost got you, but you got in. Yeah. Um. Well, on that drive, they probably—I think they called pass interference on me like two times, but I didn't believe it was pass interference. So, you know, Coach Watts always told us to um, keep playing no matter what happened. Also, Coach Broadway would say keep playing um, no matter how the game is going, just keep playing. So that drive, they uh, they kept attacking me, and um, they attacked me one time too many. And uh, I I caught the ball and took it the other way for six. Yeah. I mean, that was a big-time play. Of course, Mac McCain, now formerly of North Carolina A&T, looking to hear his name called in the National Football League draft, joins us here on the program. What does it mean? Sam Washington, right, your head football coach, um, played mm-hmm. in the league, you know, played at an HBCU, was really good in the league for the time that he played. He says you're ready. What does that mean to you? Oh, it means a lot because um, Coach Watts, he played in the NFL. He was um, a professional player, and he knows what it takes. And with him, with him being with him being a professional player, that um, and him him saying that I'm ready, that shows me that tells me that uh, that uh, I've been doing everything I, I need to do to to get ready for the NFL. So that just uh, reassures everything that that I, I need to take it to the next level. This is the thing, like. Let me be even before I get to and I, I sort of tease this in the beginning that you're you are linked to one of the great events that has happened in American history. But before I get to that, how did you ultimately you're from right there in Greensboro where A&T is. How did you end up at A&T? Um, well, I, I went to Dudley High School. Uh, it's literally probably less than a mile from A&T. And, um, I, it was during a spring practice because Barnett. I came to see our quarterback, Hendon Hooker, and um, during that during that spring practice, when the, that Coach Barnett came to, I was playing good and pra- I was doing well in practice, and um, Coach Barnett told me that he wanted me to come to Ant's camp in the summer. So when I got there in the summer, I uh, 
I test well, and I met I also met Co- met Coach Wash for the first time, um, and he told me that uh, I got all the intangibles to be a good player. So and later they end up offering me, and Ant was my only full offer, and so I ended up I um uh, I chose Ant, and uh, that was the best decision one of the best decisions I uh, made in my life, and. Uh, I just made the best of my opportunity when I got there. I knew when I got the A&T that um, I was going to make the best opportunity of what I had, and I could make it to the NFL, especially seeing um, players before me go, like Tariq Cohen um, and, and Tony McCray. Okay, you're, you are the grandson of the now late Franklin McCain, who was uh, very much a part of the A&T 4, Greensboro 4, sat in the lunch counter uh, downtown Greensboro, February first, nineteen sixty, at the Woolworths. It's, everybody knows uh, knows about that. Sp- speak to speak to that man. I mean, you know, you're 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 obviously a great football player, but you also have a legacy of that big time name of McCain and your grandfather. Uh, yes, you know, uh, my grandfather. Yeah, he was in the Greensboro four, and um, it that. He changed the world with with just a simple movement, you know. Um, he didn't he didn't wait along and uh, and and follow follow the, I guess was the, the the rules back then. He knew there needed to be a change, and he made a change. And uh, that took a lot of courage, and and he he was he was real brave to go down there because he could uh, he could have lost his life or or um, gone. To, he went to jail. He also went to jail, but he could have lost his life going down there, but. He had courage and, and he was brave enough, and I just used that uh, on the field. I take that from him, and I use that on the field. Wow, that is absolutely phenomenal. So, where are you where are you gonna be when the NFL draft is going on? I'm gonna be right here in Greensboro. What, what do you think it's gonna be like uh, when you hear your name called? Have you imagined that moment? I'm just gonna be a, a dream come true. You know, I've been working for this uh, for a long time. And um, it's just going to be a blessing to hear my name called. And I, uh, all glory go to God. You know, none of this would be possible without him. A three-year starter at North Carolina A&T declared for the National Football League draft uh, back in January. And an All-American four pick sixes in his career. He is Mac McCain. Looking to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft. Joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Mac, always great to catch up with you, man. We'll be looking forward to hearing your name called next week. Thank you. Thank you so much. That young man should hear his name called. A lot of times we talk on, we've talked about this on the program, HBCU kids generally sign as free agents. I think I talked about this pretty extensively a couple of weeks ago. This is a kid that should be drafted, uh, has the pedigree, played extremely well on the FCS level, and by the way, played well against bigger competition. ECU, pick six, 100 yards. Uh, UNC Charlotte, uh, pick six. Uh, now, you may not say, you may say that's not power five uh, competition, but at the end of the day, it's still a higher level than what A&T generally plays. So, I mean, he should be drafted. Um, this this should be an exciting season for A&T making the transition from the MEAC to the Big South. The, the schedule's very interesting. I was hoping to, you know, where I live, it's like 
literally seven miles from Campbell. Campbell, part of the Big South. I thought I was going to be able to drive the seven miles and have one of those games. Uh, but uh, A&T is going to be at, Furm, uh, at uh, Furman to open the season. Duke is on the schedule. North Carolina Central still on the schedule uh, this year. Hampton, South Carolina State. So some of those rivalries uh, from the MEAC still going to be on the schedule. I cannot wait for the fall football season to begin. And, boy, I tell you what, A&T, the, the roster is going to look a lot different without Mac McCain, but uh, A&T still has a really good program. So we're going to continue with things here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM because up next we're going to be joined by the new head football coach at Norfolk State, Dawson Odoms. Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. Let's keep things moving here on from the press box to press row. I have a whiteboard in the studio, and as I look at the whiteboard, um, you know, back, I think it was the latter part of February. I think it was the latter part of February. It may have been early March. Uh, but on this particular show, as I look at the whiteboard, I had Will Jones, as a, as a guest, the head coach at basketball coach at A&T, uh, Buck Joyner, the head coach at Hampton. I had the singer Rach. And then also on my board is Dawson Odoms. At that time, he was the head football coach at Southern. Fast forward almost two months. He was just announced as the new head football coach at Norfolk State. And guess what? He joins us right here. I'm from the press box to press row. Coach Odoms, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure being on. Absolutely. I, you know, I got to start here. I, I had had a chance to be on the virtual press conference mainly for local media. I thought you did a phenomenal job, said a lot of great things, and some of them I want to touch on uh, right now. What ultimately happened? Did did the time at Southern run its course? Were you looking to move on to Norfolk State? How How did you ultimately end up here now at Norfolk State? You know, really, I was never looking for a job. I just, I just took my time and wanted to finish out the season. I thought we had a championship team uh, here at Southern, and then uh, it didn't work out. Got to the end of the season and talked to Norfolk State. Uh, just listened to them and wanted to hear them out, and they expressed that they wanted me to be their head coach. And to me, that is important. It's important uh, to be wanted. And it's important to to make sure that you do things the right way. And I just felt like it was the right time. I felt like this job was available for Dawson Odom. Why else would it be? And why would they be calling me? So I just thought it was in God's timing that that I go to Norfolk State. And hopefully that we can continue to do the things the right way and continue to build a program and grow it to where we think it can go. No question. So obviously they reached out uh, to you. Were you, I mean, were you satisfied at Southern? Were you happy? I mean, I can think going back, you know, a couple of years ago, first hearing some rumblings uh, from the Southern alumni, which I, I, I really didn't understand. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's college football. It's competitive. Some years teams are just going to be better than you are. The last couple of years, Alcorn State was just the class of the swag. I mean, you know, it was a couple of years where Grambling beat you a couple of times. But in at the end of the day, uh, you won six out of nine Bayou Classic. So were, were, were you happy? Were there some rumblings? What, what was going on there at Southern? 
Well, I don't know if it was a a level of happiness or or disappointment or sadness. It's just that I'm a humble guy, and I'm going to give you everything I got. And sometimes we come up short. But I think as a as a person and the man that I am, I realize that if I can't take somewhere where they want to go, I'm a, I'm smart enough and in my belief to be able to remove myself so that it can continue to grow. I just think that it was a great opportunity that was presented to me at Norfolk State, and I couldn't pass up on it. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with with, with winning or those things at Southern University. Sometimes uh, it just doesn't work. But I'm happy that, that I had this chance while I was winning and, and didn't have to go through losing to discover that it was time to go. So I'm really happy with my decision. I'm excited about the next opportunity because I really think Norfolk State is committed to becoming a champion. And when you got when you working at a place that's committed, you got a chance to really be successful. And that's what I'm excited about. And I can't wait till the journey begins. I mean, you follow. Obviously, you vote on our, our coaches poll and have been ever since you've been the head coach there at, at 2000 uh, since 2012, meaning at Southern. Any any concerns in terms of where the MEAC is? I mean, it's six teams when you're talking about football playing institutions. Uh, they've you know the MEACs lost FAMU, uh, lost uh, Bethune Cookman, lost A and T. Now, any, any concerns there as it relates to the future of uh, of the MEAC? I have no concerns. Uh, I think the I think the MEAC has a plan, and I think the MEAC is trying to execute that plan. Uh, Norfolk State has a plan, and if the MEAC doesn't doesn't work, Norfolk State has a plan B. Uh, I think they're 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 led by by very good people. Uh, Dr. Adam Gaston is is a great leader for the university, and Miss Melanie Webb is a great leader for the athletic department. When you have great people in place, you can put your minds together and and have a vision for things that people can't see. And that's one of the things that led me to go to Norfolk State is that I really believe that they're committed to the vision of being great, whether that's in the MEAC or whether that's in another conference. But right now we're still in the MEAC, and that's where our focus is, and that focus is trying to get Norfolk State to the top. I believe we're going to assemble a staff, and I believe that our players are going to play hard. And if they do those things and we work together, we can achieve the success that's meant for us to have. This may be the first time in the history of Bochtero that we've had uh, a gentleman on the program within a two-month period that was the head coach somewhere else, formerly of Southern, now the new head football coach at Norfolk State is Dawson Odoms. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thought you had some interesting comments on the virtual uh, press conference on uh, Wednesday. The, the trend right now in HBCU football uh, is that, at least from the last couple of big-time hires, uh, is that uh, that schools are hiring coaches that have been big-time NFL players. You, I don't know. You sort of touched on that. You were you you said you were excited about the fact that you were an HBCU guy, one a graduate of North Carolina Central, and getting the opportunity at Norfolk State. Can you kind of ex- expound on that and, and speak to what you? meant or we're talking about in the virtual press conference on Wednesday? Yes, when you when you have the the caliber of people such as 
Deion Sanders and A.D. George. You have a understanding of some things that you can do and get away with as a head coach. Uh, I don't really know A.D. George. He's just getting started. But I do know uh, Deion Sanders. And what Deion Sanders stands for is an opportunity to try to make HBCUs better by holding them accountable to doing those things that, that, that we sometimes know happens at HBCUs. Uh, that's all. He's just trying to make it a better place. And I think sometimes people take take him out of context at what he's trying to do, but he's trying to share more exposure by using who he is and the people that he knows and just trying to bring some things to to HBCUs and to Jackson State, to the SWAC and everybody else that may not that we may not have had before. Not because people didn't try. They just may not have the connections in their corner like Deion Sanders. And I really think that's what he's trying to do is shed a light. Now we can agree or disagree on how that light is being shined, but when I spoke with him uh, you can see that he's trying to take HBCUs to a level that a lot of them want to go, but are you willing to commit to get there? And and that's what he want to try to embrace and show from Jackson State. A very intelligent man, very intelligent man, and he has a plan, and he's going to do all he can to execute that plan. But my thing was is that I know some coaches are looking at that and saying, um, how they can just come out of nowhere and and get an opportunity when you don't pay your dues. Well, I always say, don't worry about how another man cut his grass. Just make sure your yard looks good. And that's always been my pet peeve because that's how I was raised. I don't worry about the Joneses. I just try to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do so that you're ready for the opportunities that are presented to you. Miss Well chose Dawson Ozzie, but I was a proven coach. I paid my dues. I turned the program around, and she offered me a job. For that, I can say I'm grateful. But that also should give hope to other coaches that are coordinators at HBCUs that haven't had their name called. You can't get frustrated on the journey because, for one, you don't know how long it's going to take on the journey, so how can you get frustrated? You must continue to do those things well on the journey so that you can reap the benefits and the rewards at the end of your journey. The thing is, we don't know when the end is, but don't ever give up hope. And all I was trying to do was shed some hope to those young men that are HBCUs that have paid their dues and their name have not been called. Understood. Dawson Odoms is the new head football coach at Norfolk State. He joins us here on the program. Did you – I mean, I mean, I think that's that's interesting. I, mean, I think, you know, obviously – for I mean, you're going to have that perspective. You've been in this. You've had success. Uh, I can understand the other side of some of those coaches that haven't had uh, as or well are sort of getting started, maybe have had success also. And to your point, our coordinators and so forth may not be getting that opportunity. Did you feel like because once upon a time you did have an opportunity as a head coach at Clark, did you feel like you would get another shot uh, as a head football coach on the collegiate level? Uh, I never coached to be a head coach. I never, I never pursued that. Uh, I never woke up and said, you know what, I would like to be a head coach one day. Uh, my motto is real simple. I want to be the best version of Dawson Odom every day. 
I want to work hard. I want to do things the right way. And if I do that every day, no matter what role or capacity I'm in, it gives me an opportunity for someone to say, I would like to have that guy, whether as a coordinator or an assistant coach or a head coach. But I cannot put myself in that line if I don't work a certain way every day. I just believe in going 1-0 and every day. I let the decision makers or who they want to hire, who they want to select in that process, take care of that. I just want to make sure that when they look at me, I can be a candidate. All I want to do is be in the line. Eventually, your work will speak for you. You don't have to speak for yourself. Once you get the opportunity, now you have to make the best of it. At Clark Atlanta, I left Clark Atlanta. I was an interim. They gave me the job. They didn't want to give me no contract, so I left. It wasn't hard. I went to the phone company and became an assistant. I think I was the head coach at Clark Atlanta for three months. But that's because I, I didn't want to be a head coach just to be a head coach. Everything that I do is about making the people around me better. Whether I'm an assistant coach, whether I'm a coordinator, whether I'm a head coach, I'm trying to raise the level of everybody that's connected to me. And that's my philosophy. That's my belief. That's why I believe that since I'm connected to Norfolk State, the Spartans will rise. Right, absolutely. So uh, what did you tell your players at Southern? I told my players at Southern that this is an opportunity that was presented to me that I couldn't pass up. I appreciated them for letting me be their head coach. I appreciate their time and their dedication. But they deserve more. And I failed them in giving them more. And I tried. I tried to build a better program. I tried to give them the necessary things that they needed to become better men, to become better athletes. And I failed in that. And I apologized to them because winning wasn't enough to bring those things to them. And I said, men, no matter what happens, no matter the day or the week, the day or the time, I'm Dawson Odom. I'm your head football coach, no longer, but I'm forever a father and a friend. Call me anytime you need me, I'm going to be there. Because I'm not abandoning you, I'm just transitioning to a new journey. And I love you. Uh, have you spoken with uh, any of the players at Norfolk State as of as of you? I know you did, this just happened, everything is last couple of days. Have you had a chance to speak with any of the players? Yes, I've spoken to some players. And I've asked those players to trust me, just like I have to trust them. I've asked those players to try. But I also ask those players, do you have a two-parent home? I asked one player when the last time his father told him he loved him. And his reply was yesterday. I said, but I know some men in this room don't get told that every day. But that's why I'm here. I'm here to build our trust and to show you that I love you and care about you. But I can't do it unless you give me that opportunity. We can do it. We will do it if we do it together. And that was my simple message to him. And that's plain to him that I'm willing to work as hard as I need to for them to be successful. But I need them to work just as hard. What are you looking for immediately? Not not necessarily with the program. I mean, I think the pro, uh, the program's on solid ground. I mean, you've got some some good players 
uh, returning. But I mean, when I look at Norfolk and I think about it, I mean, I think it's a 30,000 seat facility, uh, right? Price Stadium. It, 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 it is, or at least at one time was the largest on-campus facility in all of FCS. And I, I'm sure you're looking to sort of rally uh, those troops and uh, at Norfolk, the alumni, et cetera, right? To be able to fill that stadium as much uh, as possible, right? Yes, we you know we want our fans to be able to come in and support the program, but the product the product has to sell itself. The product has to be um, something that people are willing to buy a ticket to see, and we have to create that product. And as you win, you hope that the interest continue to build. But it is a nice place. They have a great tradition. They haven't had much success, but they're right there. They're right there. A lot of pieces of the puzzle are coming back. But I really believe right now is the best time and the right time to be at Norfolk State. I think our fan base has a reason to be excited. I think our players have a reason to be excited. I think our institution has done an outstanding job. They went out and got a national search. That national search narrowed it down. They chose Dawson Odoms. And what people need to know about Dawson Odoms is that he understands how to adapt and overcome in all adversity. He's been tested. He's also been proven. We will put it together if we're willing to work together. If we can just achieve that, Norfolk State, the Spartans will be ready to rise. In due time, I think everybody's going to see why. Why Dawson Oldham's named head coach at Norfolk State and how we hope that pays Norfolk State back. Yeah. And I thank them, and I'm grateful. In due time, you know the saying, let me hear you say it, Donald, sports will rise. <laughs> you said that many a time uh, on Wednesday during the press conference. I mean, it was a it was a passionate press conference. Last thought here, uh, how good does it feel to be back in the MEAC, and how far is Norfolk from Shelby, your hometown? Probably about five hours, five and a half hours, something like that, and about four and a half from from my wife's hometown. Uh, it feels good. Uh, be back on the East Coast. Um, I talked to Buddy to you last night, uh, gave Buddy a call, because I think when you go into a conference, you always call the elder states and let them know, hey, I'm going to lean on you. If there's anything that you can help me with, any advice, uh, you reach out to them. So uh, I reached out to Buddy because, I remember when he was a high school coach in South Carolina. So go a long way back. But I just think those are some things that you do. And then uh, just having the understanding of the lay of the land. Uh, we're familiar. Uh, we played South Carolina State uh, here uh, a couple years ago. So we're familiar with the style of play. Uh, we understand the landscapes. We understand the magnitudes of the games. And we just understand we're, we're new. We're coming into an environment. We're the new coaching staff. Uh, a lot of eyes will be on us and seeing what we do. But guess what? We signed on for this. And Wow. Well, Coach Odoms, I mean, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, and uh, you, you were wearing that, that blue and gold. Now you got the green and gold on. And uh, you still make some time for us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I really appreciate it. Again, congratulations and continued success to you and now the Spartans. 
But it's always a pleasure. But green and gold has always been a part of my life. Uh, my high school colors are green and gold. My wife's high school colors are green and gold. So it looks like we're returning back to home. With both places, I have a lot of success. So hopefully we can duplicate that at Norfolk State. Go Spartans. Thoughts on anything that Dawson Odoms had to say? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. We're closing things out with the conversation with former Grambling offensive lineman David Moore after this. Delaware on ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KK. David Moore, formerly of Grambling, joined us last week, and I had a chance to catch up with him and talk with him about the process in terms of preparation for the National Football League draft, ultimately the success also that he had at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Let's go to the interview. Just this whole pandemic, the whole the whole process, it's been it's been kind of challenging, but at the same time, you know, I'm just grateful, you know, just to be in this position. I'm just grateful to be in this position. Uh, so, like, I would say when everything first started happening around April, you know, March, around that time, early Early on in the year, I was down to Grambling. I was working at Lowe's, <clears throat> and I was working out. Um, I decided to go home around my birthday in May just to surprise my mom and just, you know, stay close to home because, you know, they kind of closed everything down back in Louisiana, so I had to go and get up out of there. So I went home. I transferred some Lowe's to Lowe's in Little Rock from the one in, um, in Reston, Louisiana, and I would work out. I was with boxing. Um, aerobics, anything just to try to stay in shape. And uh, once we got closer to the, the fall, you know, it was getting closer to the season, it was a lot of, you know, optimistic about whether or not we were going to have a season or not. So uh, for me, I feel like I had good enough film the year prior, and I just feel like, you know, overall, my body-wise, I just feel like I was ready to go to the next level, you know, to the next level of competition. Uh, so I, I took a chance on myself, you know. I left it in God's hands. And he, he answered my prayer uh, when I got invited to the senior bowl. And I knew from that point on, you know, I had to, you know, work 10 times harder and just go from there. Yeah. No, it's it's a great thing. It's a great – I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. Reese's Senior Bowl, talk about the experience. And, boy, you really put on a show, really put in your work with respect to all uh, of the activities at the senior bowl, including the game itself. Um, overall, it was a great experience. And to be honest, I was very honored and grateful just to be there. Uh, for me, my whole mindset was to go out, you know, I had nothing to lose at the end of the day for me. It was my mindset, go out and have fun and enjoy myself. So, you know, it was a lot of guys, you know, tension, you know, um, about whether or not what their future, their future is going to be. So for me, I just wanted to have fun and, um, and stay positive. So I was the guy that was clowning around, you know, getting everybody up, things of that nature. And uh, when it came on the field, when it came to the field, you know, I had to, I had to switch it up. I had to, you know, it's go time, you know, and go out and do what I had to do. Yeah, and you did you did great. What did it mean to be voted the, the offensive lineman, the best offensive lineman for your team? To be honest, that was, for me, that was um, – my moment of belonging, you know, just to get that, that nod from my fellow teammates and 
um, like I said, I was going against that practice for them to, you know, have that much respect for me to, you know, vote me that, that, that meant, that meant everything, you know, that was my, my calling of, um, yeah, I belong here now, like just to get that now for them. So that was the most respect you can get, you know, for me, it's just getting the respect from the players. That's, that's what matters most. And just for them to, you know, name me that, name me that, that was, that was amazing. David Moore looking to hear his name called in next week's National Football League draft. I think he's got an opportunity also to be drafted on next week. You can hear that interview in its entirety, along with the interviews of Jimmy Robinson, who appeared with us last week, formerly of Bethune-Cookman, and Brian Mills, who appeared with us a couple of weeks ago, formerly of North Carolina Central. It's part of our HBCU NFL Draft Chronicles, which we've been doing since 2016, going back to when Tariq Cohen got drafted uh, that year. On our website, BoxToRow.com, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, the interview with Mac McCain is going to be up on our website uh, by Monday. So if you missed any of that interview, you can listen to that interview also on our website at BoxToRow.com. Got to get ready to run. Want to say thank you to Dawson Odoms for joining us on the program, to Mac McCain for also joining us today here on Box to Row. Hope you really enjoyed the program. For more information on Box to Row, you can log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. We've got phenomenal content and a lot of it on the website. Also, follow us on Twitter at Box to Row as well as on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two. R-O-W. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. Time for this show to drop the lid. That'll do it for this week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Join us again next week for an in-depth look at historically black college athletics and the biggest news stories of the day. 